0: Hi, and welcome to Only the Avatar, an Avatar The Last Airbender Rewatch Podcast. I'm Veda. And I'm Christina, and you're listening to episode 15, Otto of the Water Tribe. Woo!
1: How have you been? What's going on?
0: Um, Not too much, I think. You know, it's just really hot outside, Mm -hmm. but just, you know dog days of summer it's so hot I know. <laughs> i'm
1: craving fall even though you know it means that we can't socialize as easily cuz we're going to have
0: to be inside but yeah i don't know
1: i like wanna wear a sweater and leggings and boots
0: yeah, I'm like ready for the heat to go away for sure. I will regret like the fall. I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, I wish it was the summer. In the winter, I'm going to be like, I wish it was warmer. This so is the, the four season dilemma. You always are like excited and then you miss it. I know, that's so true. But I've actually been on TikTok a lot recently. Mm-hmm. And obviously my TikTok is filled with avatar <laughs> stuff. And I discovered these two TikTokers that they're like, kind of creating an avatar musical that's so cool it's like like the tiktoks are amazing like they're so talented and i think they're pretty young too i'm just like the talent in the room is astronomical the girl's name is katherine lynn rose at least on tiktok Mm katherine lynn rose and the guy is joshua turchin and they're just creating random songs based on the characters in the show so the first one i heard was by katherine lynn rose and it was katara confronting the man that kills her mother and it was so powerful and so good and they made her an alto I was like yes lead characters being altos I'm Love so it. for it and I feel like the <laughs> would be an alto just her vibe right I, I mean I she based on all of musical hi- theater history I would guess that she'd be a soprano
1: <laughs> in musical theater history yes because they're writing within a form but if you're if you're just looking at her character and her voice on the show, she does sound like an alto.
0: Yeah, but I feel like any love interest, they always make a soprano. Um, so I do think that maybe her character might be a little more alto-ish on the show, but musical theater-wise, definitely a soprano, so I really love that move. Well, times are changing, so I yeah. think it's good. And then another TikTok I saw was this girl, Lauren Halani. Oh my gosh. She's doing this thing where she's mashing Hamilton songs to Avatar lyrics. <laughs> Who interests? It's the best thing ever. This is like, it was like meant for me because I love <laughs> Hamilton and I love Avatar. She wrote a song that was the Skyler sisters before the girls of the Fire Nation. So it's like Azula, Tylie and May. The Fire <laughs> Nation Girl Squad. Like it's so good. I watch it like every day.
1: <laughs> Listen, I hope some of these things actually happen. I'd love to see. I would love to see a stage version of this, you know, with music. I'm down for that. I don't really want to see a live action filmed one, but I would love to see something on stage. And I miss theater so much.
0: Yeah, I think it would be very, very hard to put the entire show into a musical i think it would need to be three parts or something like that like angels in america or the harry potter thing that i don't know what it is but where you have like different like uh you could probably even do like a
1: medley of something you know like and then just not actually fully act it out but sing the songs and read
0: the script yeah that'd be really cool or Mm -hmm. like you could even do like a smaller musical about the characters in this world like you do like the like a Kiyoshi musical or something like that or Couric because that was only 33 years and that could all fit into a musical definitely he's only been around for 33 years
1: composers listening out there like you know give us credit if you use this
0: idea I did tweet at Lin-Manuel Miranda and was like so when are you gonna create Avatar the musical
1: (laughs) another thing that I so like I saw saw that there's a new comic, Avatar comic, coming out, and I was like, I kind of want to start collecting these, you know, because I think the art is so beautiful. And I think kind of rewatching something that's, like, anime adjacent has gotten me back into, like, graphic novels and, like, that kind of world right now. So I recently read uh, this graphic novel called The Best We Could Do, and I feel like there would be some crossover interest with Avatar fans. It's amazing. It's a, it's a graphic memoir about this woman exploring her family's history and her family came over from Vietnam. So it covers the, the history of Vietnam as well as the relationships within the family and just an exploration of what it means to be uh, a first-gen immigrant, but also, like, do we inherit, inherit the traumas of our parents and of the countries that they left and how to free yourself from that cycle. And the art is so beautiful, and it's just like, it's just so well done. And it's a crazy story. So I recommend it if you're like into kind of, you're, you know, kind of getting inspired by the Asian aesthetic right now, and you're like looking for anime or anime. Asian
0: aesthetic, oh my
1: God. <laughs> it kind of is, right? Like, is this the, the drawing style? It feels very manga y, but I wouldn't call it a manga. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to yeah. describe it, like the art style.
0: It's like one day I hope that it's just like, oh, we like all these different things, you know what I mean? Instead of just being like, oh, it's the Asian thing, the, but it's the not, German that's thing. That's not what but, I
1: mean yeah. by that. Though, yeah, I know. Right. I, know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean it more of like it is drawn in, if the art style has like a manga influence, it's not, and like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if you look at a superhero comic from like, like any, you know,
0: the drawing style is different.
1: But it's yeah. not yeah, on for that sure. way. Yeah. So that's what I meant. But by that.
0: going back to like like inheriting trauma, like isn't it like scientifically proven that we do inherit trauma from past yeah. generations? So in our DNA. Yeah, it's that's like so crazy and bizarre. How that happens but I know it's, it's pretty prevalent in certain backgrounds and certain ethnicities or groups which is like so weird and interesting
1: um but. speaking of like general background things I think you shared this TikTok with me about how like there's a lot of South Asian influence in Avatar and I think we talked about it at least in the first episode of just like The general story is very similar to the Ramayana. There's a lot of like Hindu and Buddhist elements into it and a lot of language that's very similar, but there's only actually one like brown character.
0: Yeah, the guru that we'll see in maybe season two, like he's the only brown character. He's so random. Like we don't know what nation he's part of. Mm -hmm. We don't know where he came from. But yeah, like when we go into Legend of Korra too, Like, hearing about the origin of the Avatar, that's, like, straight from Indian mythology or Indian like folklore so it's kind of weird that there's no Indian or South Asian characters at all within the entire show so that one I always thought it was
1: extremely noticeable another thing that's annoying like in the movie I know it's not canon but in the movie version like all of the bad guys are Indian or
0: you know see
1: or South Asian and all like and I'm like why did they cast it this way like
0: this stuff matters does M Night Shamalot like hate himself? Like, is it Dude, like a, like a subliminal thing or something? It might be
1: because I was like, why are all of the quote unquote bad guys Desi? Like, brown? maybe
0: they try to make like the the bad guy go- like they maybe they try to make the Fire Nation like somewhat Desi. So they're like, oh, in in turn that means that all like everyone in the Fire Nation is bad. So that if everyone is Desi is from the Fire Nation, makes it seem like all Desi people are bad in the movie version obviously not in real life so maybe that was their thought process but i don't it, think it really worked I out that it's way so
1: problematic but i am curious to see i don't know i wonder if it was like the drawing style that influenced it i have no idea what it was but it always was in the back of my mind because but i think i think at the time that i watched it i was like so happy to see like representation philosophical representation on a Western TV show. You never really see that. So I think I was like, okay with it. But then, you know, as you get older, you're like, that's kind of weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think it's also like, you're just craving representation and you'll take it whatever way yeah. it comes. Um, and of course, there's going to be like differences in that uh, representation. But when you notice a pattern of a certain of your people being portrayed in a certain way, it makes you feel a little weird. Like, um, I listened to a Code Switch episode, and they were just bashing Miss Saigon, and they're like, this is problematic, because it's about a prostitute, and Asian women are called submissive, so being an Asian prostitute, that means, like, you're you're perpetuating this, like, stereotype, and I never thought about it that way, but it also made me mad, because they just hated it off the bat, but it's also like, this is how people on Broadway have their livelihood, that's, like, one of the only shows they could do. The problem isn't the show itself. The problem is the fact that there's no other shows representing Asian people at all. That's the issue. It's okay to have that show, Miss Saigon, but you have to have other shows that portray like the whole Asian person as a human and not just like as one particular part. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So rant over.
1: (laughs) Okay. Like once theater comes back, like we need to see true representation coming up. I feel like TV is improving a little bit, but I mean, it does come down to cartoons too. I don't know. Yeah, I think, totally. I think it's good that people are thinking about it, and I I feel like for there is it's improved a lot since when we were little. And I'm oh my very, gosh, so much! Oh
0: like I never saw anyone that looked like me. Sola Dad O'Brien was who I looked up to because was cool, she though. was. I know, but she wasn't even Asian. I she know. just had like darker skin and had an Irish last name like me. And I was like, oh, I feel like close to her because she's, her name is Soledad O'Brien. I'm Christine O'Hanley. I have like dark skin, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but now there's so many like half Filipino people like in Bro- on Hol- in Hollywood and on Broadway and stuff like that. I- I- sometimes I really do think like, oh, I wish I was like a little kid. My- I'd have such better self-esteem if yeah. I saw all these people that looked like me. <laughs> I saw this tweet that was like, I
1: didn't realize that I only thought I was ugly because I was in all white spaces all the time.
0: Yes, I saw that. That's so true. I know. Like like the beauty standards are so, beauty standards are so subjective, you know? Yeah. Back in the day, we wanted people who were bigger because it portrayed they had money, but now we want skinny people because that portrays they have money. So it's like, (laughs) it's kind of ridiculous basically everyone just wants someone who's rich at the end of the day everyone wants a rich person (laughs) (laughs)
1: all right let's jump into
0: the episode yeah so this is bato of the water tribe and surprisingly uh this is the lowest rated episode on itunes apparently i'm surprised because it's not that bad it's not that bad but i think a lot of people think it's like the great divide i think on imdb The Great Divide has the worst rating and iTunes has the lowest rating for Bata of the Water Tribe. I couldn't find the actual rating, but I saw on IMDb that Bata of the Water Tribe was a 7.9 out of 10, which Mm -hmm. still isn't bad, but it's like the C, that's a C plus technically. Yeah. I don't know why though, because like it's a little like slow in parts, I guess. I think it's somewhat of a filler episode, but not really. I don't think like the more you look at it, I don't think it's a filler episode. But I can see how people might think it's a filler episode. Um, I also think, like, Aang's character is, like, mean in this episode, which some people might not like. But I really like that they gave, like, Aang real character flaws and him having a moment of doubt. He needs to have yeah. feelings.
1: Like, you can't just have him being a perfect hero all the time. Like, that's part of his character arc
0: you know. Yeah, that's not realistic at all and like it's good that they're showcasing that he has these flaws because like kids will look at it and be like, "Oh, like I think perfectionism is like super bad." And I think this showcases like no one's perfect, even the avatar.
1: And I deal with feelings of jealousy still. You know what I mean? And like yeah, feeling yeah. like you might be left out or like FOMO feelings or like questioning like, oh my God, like, you know, those weird insecurities like, oh, do they still like, are we still friends, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I for think sure. those feelings are still, people feel that as adults too, especially when you're a kid at that age. It's just, it's so real. I feel like the themes and the emotional aspects that they're exploring are really important, especially these guys are all traveling together. They're under a lot of stress and they're all, they're in a time of war. They're all bringing different problems to each other and when you're traveling together like that you kind of are you are dealing with all of each other's issues even when you like live together you know like everyone's stuff is combined
0: yeah and I think there was another episode it was probably the great divide where they were kind of fighting about you know camping and things like yeah. that so that comes up again and you're right like as an adult I still feel like oh are these people leaving me out sometimes with certain people so it's it's a universal feeling not even just for kids so- I'm glad they took the the time to explore that. So we start off the episode by Aang finding a sword made out of a whale tooth, which is actually a Water Tribe weapon. Sokka reveals. So Sokka tells him to keep looking and trying to piece things together. And Sokka is able to recognize that the Water Tribe and the Fire Nation had a battle. So that means that the, someone from the Water Tribe is nearby, or Water Tribe members are nearby. And I really like this because it showcases, like, just how smart Sokka is for putting those pieces together. They And I
1: feel like it must be nice, too, like, to see something familiar.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he looked at it, and right away, he had a memory mm-hmm. from his childhood, which was really cool. And so they're able to piece it all together, and they actually find a boat from Sokka and Katara's dad's fleet. Which gets them super excited. It's not their dad's boat, but it's a boat from his fleet.
1: And during this, we kind of see a few flashbacks of like Sokka thinking about his childhood. And so this is an interesting episode because we learn more about Sokka and his past, his connection to his dad, but then we also learn more about Aang and his own, like, feelings of abandonment. I think there's something that ties those two themes together. of Abandonment, yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, so I think that's, like, a nice layer that they've added into this episode.
0: Yeah, I do think that, like, everyone talks about how Katara always talks about her mother dying and then... Throughout the entire series, I feel like Sokka is always trying to find his dad. He's always yearning for his dad and thinking about him. his dad leaving. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's, you know, Katara has her mom and Sokka has their dad. But there isn't a lot of, like, Sokka, like, missing his mom. There's a little bit of Katara missing her dad. But I feel like mother, daughter, father, son, I think for some weird reason. It was
1: really gender. Their tribe, in ge- like, in general, right? The guys were the warriors. The women handled... The household and they had yeah. different responsibilities and like just the way the tribe worked was very gendered so maybe that's why and Sok was, a lot of his issues are like around masculinity and like what it means to be a man so I think yeah. it like ties back to his dad
0: yeah and I think also going back to Katara like something very traumatic happens to her that makes her want to talk about her mother dying which we won't reveal yet but it, it'll come up in a couple of episodes but it makes sense for her to always talk about her mom I hate it when people are like Katara's so whiny like Did her mom died like that's she can watch. looked so funny because I think I saw a TikTok. I might have showed it to you, but in in it, they go like "Yo, mama dead." So whenever I watch it with my boyfriend, <laughs> who I've showed that thing to, every time Katara comes on screen, he's like, "Yo, mama dead." <laughs> my issue with that though is like she always like flirts with guys around death, but maybe that's a wartime as a wartime thing. But I think it's a way to connect with other people because I, for some reason, I was watching the episode where Anne goes into Avatar state again. I think it was the Southern Air Temple mm-hmm. episode. And she's just trying to showcase, like, I understand you because something similar has happened to me. Mm-hmm. And when she's talking to Haru, Haru is like, my father is gone. I miss him. She's like, I understand. I know where you're coming from because yeah. I lost my mother, and I understand your pain. Great that she could have said the same thing about her dad, too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's
1: There's something weird there. There's something weird, but I feel like don't clown on her for dealing with her grief. Like, everyone deals with their grief. In different
0: ways. These are all flawed characters, you know what I mean? And I think that's what makes the show really good. And this is why I really like this episode because we're seeing like Aang's character flaws here. Mm
1: -hmm. So in the meantime, while this is going on, Zuko and Iroh are trying to have tea and relax a little bit. But their calm and peace is interrupted by just like kind of badass woman like in this leather outfit and she's riding on she's so hot honestly like I get why Iroh is like kind of old man horny for her but (laughs) I get it because she's very like she's an insta baddie basically like that's her look and she's an
0: abg before abgs were things yeah she's definitely an asian baby girl that's for sure hundred percent
1: and she's riding on a enormous, like it kind of looks like a mix of a bear and an anteater, and it seems yeah. using its sense of smell.
0: Yeah, it could see like the smell of someone, and it leads them to the actual. Yeah, thing the that creature is actually
1: blind, so it uses its sense of smell, and it has this pronged snake-like tongue that it can paralyze people with its tongue. And this woman is riding on it, and. She, she comes onto the boat and she's like there's a stowaway on the ship and Zuko's like woman like you don't know what you're talking about there's no <laughs> one on the ship there's no hideaways but she uses her creature to find uh, someone hiding from the earth kingdom on the ship and she like takes him and she's going to collect her bounty so like she has hustle she's trying to make her cash you know and Iroh yeah. like, takes one look and he's like damn like this is a strong woman
0: He's like super into her.
1: Zuko is like not even attracted, which is just kind of weird because, like, I feel like he would he would be attracted to someone like that, but he was just not into it.
0: Yeah, because he does fall for May in the end, and she's like an E girl or whatever, yeah. you know. Like, he has that dark <laughs> that darkness in her. This girl has dark hair, like she has like dark lipstick. But he, I think he's like very like. Has he only has one goal right now, and that's yeah. to find the avatar. He can't think about girls. That's true. That's true. <laughs> just distract him. Iro um,
1: Iroh can Iro can though. So anyway, like she gets her, she's she got her stowaway. She's trying to get her money and she's out.
0: Yeah. And then Sokka, we see Sokka and the gang like around a campfire, everyone's asleep, but Sokka is like still up and he just has these memories of his father leaving for the war. And you see like a little Sokka in his like war. Like, with his, like, supplies, like, going up to his dad, being like, I'm I'm big enough. I can fight in the war. But, you know, his father is like, you need to know your place when you're, like, a man. And your place right now is to protect your sister, Katara. Um, and then while he's having these memories, we actually see Bato, or this random water tribe man named Bato. And it's funny the way he's, like, Sokka says it. He's like, Bato? Like, he he's like, really? Like, he couldn't even believe it. And we know that he is a soldier from the Water Tribe. And Katara and Sokka are just so happy to see him. Because it means, like, probably that their father is close. It's, like, a connection that they actually have. They've been far away from home for so long. And to yeah. see someone from your tribe has got to feel, like, so, so good.
1: And Bato has been injured. And he's also so happy to see them. But he mentions that... He's staying in an abbey and he's being cared for by these nuns.
0: The abbey uh, creates like these perfumes and things like that. And Saka is like, "Oh, we could use some on Appa because he's so smelly." And it's just like deadpan, like no one talks. And Bato's just like, "I see you have your father's wit," which I loved because like there's like no funny parts of this episode. Yeah, there's and no humor. That's why got a low rate. <laughs> Maybe, but
1: so yeah, the nuns make these perfumes. They make medicine, and it's it's uh like in an episode like this you can kind of see you know there's always like a sort of twist in the structure in the writing of the episode so learning that they the nuns are you know work with sense is like it's a cool how it ends up tying up the story pretty well but yeah Katara and Saka are so happy to see Bato and they go into his tent and the tent looks exactly like those of the water kingdom and they're reminiscing, telling stories about, yeah. you know, their home, their parents. They have some, like, home food. And
0: Aang is – Sea not- prunes. Does <laughs> oh, sound gross, but whatever. I, yeah. Actually, actually, Aang, actually, not really. I love prunes. Let
1: them I reckon, do not like
0: prunes. I actually just, love prunes. <laughs> I think they probably said sea prunes to make it seem unappetizing. You know what I mean? Yeah. To make it seem, like, so super cultural. But, you know, like, throughout this entire process, Katara and Sokka are, like, Katara and Sokka are really like bonding with Bato like going over like old memories and Aang feels super left out like he's looking at like the animal furs and like being grossed out by it and you know I think also like Aang is used to being the center of attention Mm -hmm. because he is the avatar so now that Bato is kind of the center of attention he's like a little jealous and he's like why aren't they paying attention to me (laughs) which is kind of sad but I think every kid goes through that you know yeah. And he's just like, it's,
1: it's just a break from the routine. And he had gotten used to how everyone acts around each other. And yeah. And he just feels like unseen. He doesn't know how to participate in the conversation. He like, you know, he's just yeah. feeling awkward and, and weird.
0: Yeah. I feel like he's like that rich kid that gets everything he wants, you know, cause he's rich, you yeah. know, like in some movies. Yeah, and yeah. then like when people don't care about it, he's like, wait, why aren't you paying attention to me? And also he's a little kid. Like, we have to remember that he's a little kid. Yeah, so. he's 12. He just he's 12. Like, and he's been in an iceberg for so long, too. And I thinking like, about
1: it, he's probably even not used to talking to that many adults.
0: Oh, that is true. Just uh, the way I that mean, he
1: was raised, you know?
0: Well, I don't know. Apparently he, like, flew all over the place when he was yeah, younger. that's true. So maybe he did inter- encounter more adults. Yeah, but, um, but I maybe-
1: feel, I don't know. I just feel like I get why he was awkward and like he just, his own abandonment issues are coming out here too. And he just saw like how happy they
0: were. Yeah, like I guess they haven't, he hasn't seen Sakakitara maybe be so excited about something in a very long time. Yeah. Um
1: But but anyway, back to Iroh and Zuko, we see the insta slash Asian baby girl whose name is (laughs) Noon. She's in there. She's, like, making bets. She's trying to make her cash.
0: Um and when she does, she does get her cash. She, she wins does. that arm wrestling match too. She's like grabbing all the money. She's a hustler. She really
1: <laughs> is. I love her. i See, if we're talking about a musical, like I would love to see like a hustler style
0: musical starting June. Oh hi! I was thinking like if I were to be in the live action Avatar movie, yeah, like, I'd probably. I was like, well, I'm not twelve, so maybe I'll be June. I pick June to be like in a muse in the live action version. <laughs> yeah, because you get to wear a cool leather outfit and have a whip. Like yeah. I'm so
1: into this. Um, <laughs> anyway, she sees she sees Iro and Suko and I just love her nickname for them. She calls them Angry Boy and Uncle Lazy. Like very,
0: I- very accurate. How do you
1: read them in five minutes?
0: She like, she knows Well, like. Zuko was very angry the entire time she was interacting with him. And I think Uncle Iroh's a little fatter. So (laughs) maybe that's where she got, thought he was lazy. (laughs) But they both come up really aggressive
1: to June. Well, Zuko's like, you ruined my ship and you have to pay for it. And she's like, "Uh, what? Like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, I need to pay for it, but we can make an exchange. Like, if you don't want to pay for it, you need to track the owner of this necklace. And he hands her Katara's necklace that, you know, that her mom gave her. And she's like, oh, your ex-girlfriend? And he's like, no, no, I, I, <laughs> I got to find the avatar that she's traveling with. And then Iroh, like, is so soft. He's
0: like, and you can have a ton of gold. And, like, Zuko's like, that's not the plan. <laughs> <laughs> but Iroh's, like, in love. So I get fine. it, though. I get it.
1: Me and Iroh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're back at the camp with the gang and Bato. And Aang's off to the side. He's not really participating in the conversation. But Bato and Katara and Sokka are all hanging out. And Bato tells, the, tells them... That he's actually expecting a message from Sokka and Katara's father. And that message will tell them the rendezvous point to meet at. And he's basically saying, if you stay a while, you can see your dad. And they are just so excited. Sokka mentions that he hasn't seen their dad in two years. Which, okay, can we talk about a continuity issue right Uh here? Because I feel like in that... Like, that memory where we see Saka about to, like, go off to war with his dad. He looked such – he looked so little. He looked too little to he be only like two seven. years ago.
1: He looks like seven in that memory.
0: Yeah, that can't be from two years ago. Like, unless, like, he really went through a growth spurt, like, and really yeah. hit puberty. <laughs> you know
1: what I mean? Yeah, like, um, yeah, that doesn't make sense. It's it, Like, it made it seem like the dad has been on the road for, like, five or six years
0: maybe the dad has been gone but like maybe he went off to war and he came back and then he went off to war again that's like the only way i'm really putting it together so Sokka is super excited to see his dad and katara talks about how much she misses him too and ang like looks at them and like is really he basically like, has like sad like, most, yeah, he has he, he, he's so sad and he leaves the hut i thought that was kind of like it made it seem like they were going to stay with Bato and that Aang was going to go to the North Pole because I guess they needed to go to the North Pole so Aang was literally like oh my gosh like they're gonna stay they're gonna leave me so he just leaves the hut yeah um but while he leaves the hut Sok and Guitar are like oh I can't wait to see dad but we can't and I'm like oh that's like so he
1: should have waited five minutes or he should have waited five minutes
0: but obviously like these writers made it that way that like it's a true like oh this is gonna be a com- bad communication trope it just seemed super obvious to me but that's because I'm just like really dissecting the episode yeah you know what I mean um yeah. but yeah if he stayed two more seconds he wouldn't be upset but at you, all.
1: you could see that like Aang was just like he was so panicked like I feel like He was basically in an anxious spiral, right? Like, he wasn't ready to hear anything. (laughs) And he was just kind of, like, spiraling. And he needed to, like, get out of that situation. So while Aang is, like, walking around the beach, uh, an Earth Kingdom soldier says that they have a message from Sokka's dad. And he asks Aang, who's alone on the beach, if, you know, do you know where Bato is? I need to deliver this message. And Aang is like, oh, my gosh. And he's like, I'll give it to him.
0: And the mail- no, he literally just says, "I know Bato," and the guy just gives it to him. Like what? Like this- he just said, "I know him." Doesn't mean he knows where he is, though. I <laughs> give
1: know? it to him. I was like screaming. I'm like, "This mail carrier is not doing his job." Like freaking sign the FedEx sheet. You know, like you can't just <laughs> drop off the mail to some rando. Like it is an important yeah. message.
0: It also just seemed like he was very, very busy, so it looks like he probably had a lot of messages <laughs> to hand off, but like still, I was like, you know? really he's twelve to time of
1: war, you don't just g- give a random message to some random
0: a random twelve year old like he's a kid. Why would you give a message to a twelve year old kid that if that's super important <laughs> you know what I mean? So angle
1: fits the letter and it's a map to the rendezvous point. To see Katara and Sokka's dad, and Ang is so upset, and he's still like so concerned and worried that
0: he literally says, "I can't believe they're gonna leave me." He literally says that he really thinks they're gonna leave him. So, oh my God, in thing. that rage, he, baby, yeah, in that rage, he crumples up the map and decides not to give the message to Bato at all, which is kind of messed up. God, it's not, it's not a good
1: move. It's, it's very immature. But I feel like Aang does have a tendency to do this. I mean, like he doesn't really know yet how to handle his feelings of anxiety and nerves, and uh, like anytime he's upset, he usually runs away,
0: right? And this is—I mean, the same thing. I mean, I do that too, and I'm like thirty, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> so I can't blame him that
1: much. <laughs> I know I'm not blaming him. It's an irresponsible and immature decision, but like. This guy is in the height of his anxious spiral right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's for sure. Um, and then he tries to cover it up by being really weird when he gets back to the tent. He's just like, hey, what's up, guy? Mm, sea prunes? Yum. Like, and he spits it out, obviously, because, like, it does sound pretty gross. <laughs> but then we're back. We're seeing Zuko, Iroh, and June, uh, or the ABG slash hottie um go to the healer that we actually saw in the blue spirit episode i really like the sequence of them actually visiting too. The people from the past episodes i thought it was really cool especially because we are kind of watching it in chronological order and of course the healer is still crazy um and that it just basically shows that the avatar was here and they actually run off again which is good because that, I don't think they wanted to hang out with that lady and her cat. Oh my God, no
1: way! <laughs> but I, 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 like that whole, um, that whole sequence as well. Because we kind of get, uh, we see the last few episodes as June, Zuko, and Iroh ch- trace the Avatar. So the next scene, we see Ang like standing outside a part in the Abbey, and he's like, he feels really guilty. Like first, he's feeling like anxiety spiral about his friends leaving. Then he's feeling, like, guilt and anxiety about crumpling up the I, message. and I feel like he's being more
0: paranoid, though, than yeah, he is
1: maybe guilty. I, it's a mix. But he, he's yeah. paranoid because he's guilty because he knows he did something wrong.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah, like he, yeah, he was, like, airbending something and then the map fell out of his, like, Pocket, outfit.
1: And then a nun, like, calls him out on littering. But he thinks that she's calling him out on actually, like, hiding the map.
0: Yeah, she says, you should be ashamed of yourself. And he's like, what? Because he is ashamed of himself, but not for littering. It's for hiding the map. Um, And then we see a scene of, you know, the gang and Bato by their ship on the beach. And you can actually see the footprints of whatever animal was, or the Earth Kingdom messenger. And he blows the footprints away so he could cover up the evidence. Which is like, honestly, I wouldn't think he would do that. I don't know. That was a weird move for Aang. (laughs) Also, like, wow! How did there is there no wind? Like, how long
1: are these footprints in here? You know,
0: you would also think like, wouldn't like the ocean water like wash? Yeah, they like, were at so close point? to the shore. Yeah, I don't know.
1: But anyway, I mean, we can see that he's know. acting crazy. Like he is just like you can basically feel the sweat on this kid right now.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, But we see everyone at the beach, right? And they're just reminiscing about old time soccer is like, oh, like, did you like go on the ship with my dad and he's like yeah we used to go ice dodging all the time don't you have good memories of that Saka?" and Saka looks really sad because ice dodging is a rite of passage ritual for 14 year olds so he was too young to really do that with his father um, but he couldn't do it and then Bato's starting to explain it and he sees how sad Saka is and he's like you know what we're gonna do it right now instead which is really nice it's like oh, nice that Bato's taking some res- like is helping him become a man because like, it's like Sokka's a, father isn't there to do that yeah
1: and it's like it's part of growing up doing this ritual and I feel like if you're growing up in that tribe and you didn't get to do it like you feel that you know like I think it ties yeah, into sure. his insecurity too and it's really exciting for him that he can do it continuing on with the backtracking we see Suko, Iroh, and June head to the fortune teller's door and the Cherche is like really sp- smelling the area. And June makes a comment that Katara must have spent a lot of time there, which yeah. in the last episode. This girl was obsessed with getting her fortune. She was basically living in front of Aunt Wu's door.
0: Yeah, and Aunt Wu looks like super chill about the entire thing. She probably knew they were coming. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I didn't, maybe I missed this in the fortune teller episode, or like I have bad memory because it's been a week and a half, but like it was really cool to actually see the outline of the village because you see like these two mountain ranges and then it comes down to the actual village and I didn't notice that in the fortune teller episode but you can see like how protected this area is um and obviously everyone's going crazy because the shurshay is w- running wild <laughs> but Aunt Wu even tries to flirt with Uncle Iro. Okay, with She's all like, of
1: the standings of couples, I think like what if my thing becomes that I'm in iroh Aunt Wu. Like I don't
0: think, <laughs> I don't think anyone would be opposed to, uh, opposed to it. You know what I mean? I think they'd be like, whatever. I have no opinions about this at all. I have a lot of opinions about this. I think that they're great together. I think they would be great together too. I think it's also more age appropriate for Iroh to have a crush on Aunt Moo than on June because they're about the same age, and June is way too young and cute for him. Let's be real. <laughs> oh
1: my god, it would be creepy. If, like that would be a sugar daddy situation if June and. Honestly, like June is about making her bag, you know what I mean? She's about, she has her yeah. eye on the cash. So I wouldn't be surprised if she would, like, you know, have a sugar daddy. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, but I think she seems to want to work for it too. Like, I think she would be like, oh, Iroh isn't driven enough for me, you know? That's he true. just wants to drink tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't know how much cash Iroh has either. I know. I mean, he did promise her her weight in gold, so... He's I mean, a royal, I guess it is so... He is a royal, that is true. So, we actually see the gang and Bato on that water tribe boat, um, and they're actually going to do that ice dodging ceremony that we talked about in the previous scene. And the ice dodging is actually a ceremonial test of wisdom, bravery, and trust within the water tribe. And since and- they're in the
1: Earth Kingdom, there's actually no ice for them to dodge in the sailboat, but... There are these spires of rock that um, Bato tells them that they can basically pretend that it's ice and dodge them to see, you know, how proficient you are at sailing.
0: Yeah, which I feel is like a lot more dangerous because they don't have an earth with them to like move that stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. I guess like in their village, they were using like iceberg tips or ice sheets of rock or what- mm-hmm. sheets of sheets of ice to dodge obviously because it's called ice dodging but like if you had a water try person and you were in real trouble you could just like move that stuff out of the way but they don't have
1: anyone to do that i didn't think of that that's so true
0: yeah and then we see that like Bato is giving everyone their different responsibilities obviously Sokka is the captain so you know he's the one who has to call the shots because it's his ritual ceremony um but he, he also gives Katara and Ang different responsibilities as well and Bato says "Ang, your responsibility is like the jib and you know it's all about trust this position this position is all about trust and Ang is just like super paranoid again and he's like yeah you can you can- like I'm the avatar you could trust me <laughs> oh my god
1: you protest too much don't protest too much that's one of those <laughs> moments it's so awkward part of this episode is like the cringiness of it because it's like it's so awkward because you know Ang is lying and you know he feels guilty and I I always feel that that awkwardness and sometimes I literally have to fast forward shows that are too cringe and it's like getting to that point right now in this episode
0: <laughs> yeah I do the same exact thing and I think because a lot of people do that like they don't like awkwardness and cringiness like I think that's probably why this has like a lower yeah, rating because people don't want to deal with the cringe of this episode which I like totally get yeah. Like yeah uh so awkward
1: Sokka Um, does great though as the captain he he has sailing chops and uh, Katara and Aang help out as well they actually end up using their bending because Sokka decides to go through a really narrow uh, sheet of two rocks and Aang and Katara use their bending to actually go over the rocks which as a captain it really shows that he trusts his crew because if you're a captain you wouldn't make that decision to go through that you know
0: yeah and Bato was even like we don't have to do this like you clearly pass based off what you did earlier and Sokka doesn't even think about it he just wants to do it because he is such a good leader like he is able to really lead everyone like Katara and Aang throughout their entire journey to yeah. the North Pole so it makes sense he did such a good job in this ritual ceremony which I thought was really cool. So um, I also like wonder if like I also wonder, like, what other rituals they have in different countries, too. Like, the Earth Kingdom, the Water Tribe, obviously the Water Tribe, but the Earth Kingdom, the Fire Nation, what the Aram Nomads did. Like, I love, yeah, I love this it. little tidbit of culture.
1: Same. You know? And Sokka, you know, he gets his marks, uh... For his, wiz- for his wisdom, and he's officially a man in the
0: Water Tribe. Same marks as his father, yeah. which is, you know, tying it
1: back. So sweet. And Katara also gets her marks, and Aang gets a mark of the trusted, and Bato says that <laughs> he's an honorary member of the Water Tribe, and just really pushes... That's so
0: cringe. Oh my so god, much so much cringe.
1: So cringe, and it really <laughs> pushes Aang to the edge.
0: And that's when he's like, I can't accept this honor I can't be part of the water tribe and that's when Ang confesses that he actually hid the message that was sent to Bato and Ang tries to apologize so Saka sees that it's a map leading to their father and he gets so mad he's like you can go to the North Pole by yourself I'm finding my father and he basically kind of coerces Katara to come with him because Sokka was like Katara are you coming and she kind of she kind of looks back she's like I don't know but she decides to go with Sokka I mean, and you even hear like Bato to. she has to but like even Bato is like hold on Sokka you know I think Bato really understands how important it is and how much of an honor it is to be with the avatar and help mm-hmm. him on his journey um, and you see, you hear Bato actually go, "Hold up!" But Saka Saka is in his own rage moment right now, so he's just yeah, ready it's about to storm his dad, off.
1: And you know that's a sensitive topic for him. And like for sure, he's he's like he's done. You know, he's basically done with Ang. Like he has that much anger right now, and he's just like, "Okay, fine, go to the North Pole by yourself." And Ang yeah. is left alone on the beach.
0: This entire episode showcases like actions during ang- during high emotions yeah like they always say like don't do anything until you're calmer because you can't think things through and this entire episode is about that Ang got really upset at that thinking that they were going to leave him so he crumbles up the message Sokka gets so mad at Aang and he decides he's done helping the avatar like all those things if you took a second to just think and calm down before you acted would not have happened yeah. so that's like a, another message that's really prominent throughout Definitely. this entire episode so um, they're on
1: their own journey, but Aang is very alone right now. He's left the abbey. He feels like the nuns are basically even kicking him out.
0: He's just like, How weird was the um goodbye between Katara and Aang? Like she had her she didn't hug him and like they were so close too. And Katara is just like, Well, see you around. Like, you know what I mean? It was it's so, so hurtful, awkward. So hurtful too. It's just
1: like, oh, I don't know it's just I feel like she didn't know how to handle it because like she's put in between her brother and her well she's like she obviously has to support her brother and it's her dad but she also like kind of knows Aang a little bit more and knows that he probably didn't mean it and was just like in a state and so I think like she just didn't know how to handle it.
0: Yeah and I think like she knows that's like part of her destiny she knows her destiny is to help the Avatar but she needs to be there for her brother so she's just like well I'm just gonna do what's right in the moment you know what I mean like. She doesn't, she doesn't get a say in what she gets to do, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: And while well. Aang is alone, the Shoe descends on the Abbey and it's like sniffing everywhere and it's, the nuns are like, what the, what is this creature? And now the episodes, uh, the two separate storylines of the episodes are
0: intersecting.
1: Wow. The two separate yeah. parts of the episodes are intersecting.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we actually just see Sokka and Kantara and Bato in the next scene, and they hear a wolf, and Bato is like, yeah, that wolf is separated from the pack, and you know that Bato is kind of feeling that way,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: Bato says how bad he feels being separated from his pack, and Sokka has a flashback of when his father left. He, you see, like, a little Sokka just watching all these ships so set out to war. So trauma. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but first that that flashback really helped him realize that they have to go back and help ang He's like, qatar we need to go find him. We need to help him get to the North Pole. Uh, and Bato totally agrees. Bato was not about having these little kids with him. I, and journey.
1: I think I kind of feel like that's why he even said the wolf line. Like he's like yeah. that wolf is crying because it's separated from its pack. Like that's why we have to all be you have to be with your pack. Like that's how you work together. Like And then tying it back to, you know, how well they work as a team, especially even through the ice dodging ritual. And I think, like, hearing it and seeing it that way, like, that helped Sokka understand. Like, even though he really wanted to see his dad, like, he is in a pack and he has to do what's best for the pack.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think he remembers feeling that lonely. I guess that flashback helped him remember how sad he was when he couldn't be part of his father's pack. Mm-hmm. So he's trying, he's like empathizing with Aang at this moment, being like, I know how Aang's feeling right now, and yeah. I understand why he did what he did. We need to go back and find him. So um,
1: Aang is like kind of getting ready to leave. He's sitting with Appa, and uh, a nun comes by and she she describes what's going on in the abbey. Like there's this creature, this beast that's using a necklace to try to get to get to Aang, and it's someone in the Abbey. Like she mentioned Zuko, obviously not by name. Yeah. And that
0: you she's know, she's panicked like, a little bit. Yeah, she's like, they're trying to find you and they're using a necklace to find you. And Aang puts one and two together, and it's like he has Katara's necklace, and they're actually gonna be finding Katara instead of him. Mm-hmm. And so he's freaking out. Um but then Iro, Zuko, and June find Sokka and Katara, and June is like, "Oh, this must be your girlfriend, Zuko. She's way too cute for you." And is this the beginning of the Zutara <laughs> fandom? Like, is is this how it yes, started? Probably.
1: I mean, like, that's a great intro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's very age yeah, appropriate. Yeah, I love that. I'm like, I like get. I'm like for Ang. I'm for Katang. I, we talk about Katang like every episode, but like whatever. But like, I just don't. If they were both fourteen, I'd be so about it. But they're whatever. So little. They're,
1: they'll grow. They'll grow into each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think. Yeah, but not best. at this
0: point. You know what I mean? Not at this point. Like I think they're apart. They will grow into each other. I think I even read somewhere that in the comics they made sure to make Ang look older. They made him taller. Like mm-hmm. he matured more in the comics to showcase that it's not where that Katang is a thing.
1: They age into it, but I you know me like i'm a zuko stan like i would never even look at ang if zuko was. Around.
0: <laughs> you like them bad boys I
1: love, I love the bad boys and i'm just like i love that like anger young man man kind of vibe that zuko has like i'm so into it like
0: yeah that's so funny i don't oh, even know who mind. i would have because like that's not my type i guess my type would be ang like a nice happy person i don't know like my boyfriend's really happy and nice but like my boyfriend's also not 12. I mean, maybe he was like that when he was 12, though, and he, like, grew, you know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. maybe. I'm really about Haru and Katara, though. Like, yeah, I, really... I feel like
1: they're a better match, and I like Haru. I, the thing is, like, Katara isn't silly, and I really feel like Aang has so much silliness in him and that would continue as he gets older. Like, he's a silly guy.
0: Yeah, that probably balances each other out. I feel like, yeah, Katara she's not silly. and Zuko she's very, would...
1: She's very serious, but I feel like she needs a serious guy, like, I see her with Rue,
0: like no, there's too much drama. Like that's like f- a fun romance that's like six months and like <laughs> a-, a dessert, like in a beach town in like the Fire Nation where they have a tryst love affair. But that's not sustainable. That kind that kind of energy with each other, Ooh. you know what I mean? That darkness and that seriousness, like you need that lightness and I don't seriousness together don't, to actually be long term. I don't so. see
1: Katara and Zuko together at all. Like I feel like I feel like Katara and Zuko would be a fling. But like they wouldn't, even, they would be a one night stand. Like they would. Oh be, yeah, like, that's a, what I said. Yeah, yeah.
0: One yeah. Night. That's, like, that's not sustainable. Months. Yeah, yeah. Literally mm-hmm. one night
1: stand. Um, but Sokka is like, we split up, and you know we don't have the avatar with us. Like we don't know where he is. He's he's like back on his improv lying game,
0: and Zuko is like, you're lying. And Zuko's like, are you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? No, he goes. Do you think I'm stupid? I don't know. Why I said it like that, but it just. <laughs> I feel like that's, if if Sokka told me that and I was Zuko, that's what I'd think in my mind. I'm like, I'm not stupid. I know you're lying to me. (laughs) Um, But then the, you know, obviously Zuko doesn't believe them and the animal, so the animal ends up paralyzing both Katara and Sokka um, and Zuko and Jun are like, okay, do they have anything that has a strong scent of the Avatar? And because they have that map that Aang crumpled up and that probably they sweat used it.
1: onto and touching with sweaty palms and putting it in his pocket yeah it definitely yeah. smells like his anxiety
0: yeah <laughs> and so like they were able to use that map to track the avatar scent and which leads them back to the abbey and they're just going around in circles and they're like why are we going around in circles then you look up and Aang is coming back down on the glider dun, dun, dun.
1: this is a crazy fight scene there's a lot it's going on here.
0: A lot. And we even see Appa fight for the very first time. This is the first time like Appa's like, actually fighting humans ever in the show, fun fact. Um, and honestly, it was kind of weird seeing him get angry because you don't really see Appa get angry, but I got so upset every time Appa got hit. I was I like, know. what are you doing?
1: <laughs> I know.
0: I also thought like June is a baddie, but she's also really mean to her pet. Like, I a little bit of animal cruelty there i thought personally yeah
1: she definitely doesn't love that creature that's not something <laughs> of love right there she it's just like she just cares about getting paid like she's yeah. using it for its money which is actually it is bad like i don't know yeah that thing is also yeah, it's like really- old
0: school you yeah know, like old school times like back in the day farm i don't know but yeah um overall this like fight scene was really cool i really liked when zuko and ang were fighting over the well like just mm-hmm. seeing how much he was able to dive how much ang was able to dive zuko's attacks mm-hmm. but they did like tear up i kind of feel bad for like the abbey because it kind of gets torn apart and you're like you ever watch the incredibles yeah Where like the whole point of the incredibles is like you guys cause way too much damage so we need <laughs> you to stop <laughs> so it's kind of like this like they're tearing up the abbey they're destroying (laughs)
1: everything in their path really i feel like they didn't even need the share shade to to find their scent like just look at the destruction like all the (laughs) destruction to them they're not doing a great job hiding it i feel like in every village that they go to they're causing a scene
0: (laughs) i know it's so crazy
1: (laughs) and i love how like ang he's focused it's like ang whenever he's fighting or he always has another thing in mind. Like, he's never fighting to be like, I have to protect myself. He always has to do it with another goal. And in this case, his goal was he wants to get the necklace away from Zuko so he can give Katara the necklace back. Like, that is his motivation for this fight more than anything else.
0: Yeah, I think he sees the necklace like halfway through the fight and goes, oh, I have a new goal. I could be wrong about that, but I remember that scene happening um, at some point and I really love the way that he grabbed the necklace like yeah. he did this like little kick and it was by the well and he was able to get the necklace from his foot and he grabbed it and went back into the well and shot up and you know water bended the water out which I was like it's oh so what cool. a cool move <laughs> but Saka um, and
1: Katara are basically useless right now because they're both paralyzed so they're just yeah, like and laying so- there
0: and was like, I'm starting to feel something and then like debris goes all over him. It's like the second funny thing that happened in this episode. Poor thing. Also
1: like Iroh is just not also useful in this fight so it's really a two on two battle.
0: Like yeah. Iroh is just thinking about June the entire time. He's like sniffing perfume, trying to put it on him. Um, I got so mad every time June whipped Appa. Like, oh, two. Was it June or was it... No. Was it the, the Cherche? with its tongue. The Cherche. Every time the Cherche hit Appa in the tongue, I got really upset. I was like, don't paralyze him. But when he did fall down, it was kind of cute, but I felt so sad at the same time. It's also funny because, like,
1: because Appa is an omnivore. Not an omnivore. It's a herbivore. It has flat, like, he has flat teeth, but it, his teeth are still, like, very huge and kind of intimidating, even though they're not sharp at all.
0: Yeah, honestly, seeing Appa, sca- like, seeing Oppa mad was kind of scary because you never really saw him mad or yeah. like in combat like you see him like flapping people around into the water but like you rarely see him actually yeah. mad and in combat so it was kind of weird to see that um but while this fight is happening, the nuns actually give Sak and Katara some, like, something that they smell and then they come back to life. You know, they're the not paralyzed anymore.
1: To he- one of their healing perfumes, because, like, abbey is basically a hospital, too, with, like, ointments and perfumes. And-
0: yeah, I mean, like they that. took care of Bato and yeah. whatnot. So um, that gives Sokka the idea about, like, oh, these scents? Like, we can use these scents to kind of distract the Sershe because he can he sees through scent so if we give him all these different scents he's not going to be able to sense anyone at all so So I thought that was just such a
1: lovely tie-in like it ties all the threads of the
0: episode perfectly together like it's like a perfect bow on top of the episode tie the boat on top yeah so the nuns spill the perfume everywhere and Katara water bends it to get all over the chauche and the chauche you see all the different colors like you see it through the sure perspective and you see all the different colors and he can't see ang anymore and through this process he accidentally paralyzes zuko and june (laughs) and so they're just like laying there and ira was actually being really creepy i don't think they'd write this in in 2020
1: so inappropriate and he's not paralyzed but he pretends he is so he can cuddle with june yeah and you
0: actually do see june go like you know like you see her angry face because she does make an angry face after he's like shh like, she knows what's going on. But, like, that would not be written today. Yeah, I absolutely don't mean, think it will that's be written today. To moment right there. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I wrote so nice. It just yeah. anyone could do it. Okay. Hashtag all men are trash. <laughs> not really, but.
1: <laughs> I, listen, like, a horn dog is a horn dog, unfortunately. And, like, you gotta – it's not okay. Like, people have boundaries. Yeah, for sure. But Um, yeah, me too moment over there. But yeah, like everything ends up being sorted out. Like the gang is back together. They're reunited. They know how well they work together. And like basically everything is brushed aside and everyone apologizes to each other. And like there's a true, genuine moment of like, okay, guys, this is our destiny. We're together. We're a pack. And like Sokka mentions that Aang is part of the family.
0: Yeah, which I think is really important to Aang. I feel like he hasn't really felt like part of a family mm-hmm. in so long. And, you know, even in like one of the first episodes, Katara's is like, we're your family now. So now he knows it's true. Yeah. And Aang is like, wants to repay back Katara somehow. And she's like, oh, you don't have to worry about me. And Aang actually gives Katara her necklace and she gets so excited and even gives him a little kiss on the cheek and of course Aang loves that he blushes it's so, which is really it's so cute. cute
1: and you know it's just like a very sweet wholesome ending yeah and it's just like Aang has to get over his fear of abandonment to like yeah. be functional with this team and like but I think this helps him do that like they're committed to each other and like their commitment is clear here overall yeah. I like the episode I, I feel like it's all over the place like uh it feels all over the place when you're watching it but then it ties together really neatly i think it teaches you stuff about the water tribe and like their rites and rituals we also get to see their food what the homes look like so it really develops the culture of the water tribe i liked seeing ang uh work through his demons i liked seeing kind of the underworld of the fire nation and seeing june like It's true. I didn't even think like, about that. The gambling, the kind of like underbelly, like you know, we've seen the pirates. Now we see these. Well, like, is that
0: the is that the underbelly of the Fire Nation or the Earth Nation? Because it might be the Earth, or the Earth Kingdom. She yeah. seems
1: like she's from the Fire Nation, though, right? Like, kind of her dress. Her she,
0: her vibe is very Fire Nation, but I think they're in the Earth, Earth Kingdom. Yeah. But like either way, like seeing the underbelly of like any society is pretty interesting. So, so yeah, I we think- did get a little bit with the pirates and stuff.
1: And but- I think it's cool. Like I think it we got we also got to see those flashbacks of Sokka and like him dealing with yeah. like his fact with his dad so i think there's actually a ton in this episode of like moving the world building forward as well as yeah. moving the character development forward so i think it's a pretty successful episode i give it a 4 4.5 i think sometimes the the pacing is a little weird like the end feels very rushed with the fight and then the beginning yeah. is like Aang's awkwardness feels too long i wish it was like more evenly divided but overall i thought it was a great episode and it's like an important one as the season progresses
0: yeah i think a lot of people might think it's filler because we don't get closer to the northern water tribe uh we're seeing like zuko and ang fight which we've seen a bunch but we are seeing more depth of ang's character he's this is the episode that really makes him more than just a one-dimensional like hero this Mm -hmm. is when he has flaws we do see more about Sokka's uh past as well which I really loved seeing Mm -hmm. um I really I because we we get why he's we we don't we know Sokka's great but we don't get a lot of depth from him a lot of the time so being able to see it in a flashback because he's not going to showcase those emotions because he does have this like weird like masculine energy where he doesn't want to like showcase a lot of his feelings a lot of time so Mm -hmm. seeing that through um flashbacks was really helpful for us so we got to see a lot about you know Sokka and Aang and um yeah I thought it was a really good episode I do I would give it a higher rating but the cringe was just way too (laughs) much for me in this episode um it was just awkward the way they made Aang's character I know they wanted to make him you know more dimensional but like I thought it was just a little too cringy for me. So I'm going to give it a four out of five just for that.
1: (laughs) I feel you, girl. I feel you. It's our empath problems. I can't – Like one of my friends is always telling me to watch Pen 13, but I'm like, I don't think I can take it.
0: Oh, I love that show. I love that. It is is cringy, but – I can deal with that kind of cringe.
1: I was like I don't know if I can take it. I feel like I'm going to be like watching it with my eyes covered. Have you watched it though? No, I more? haven't watched it, but I'm oh, afraid you that should the try cringe it. is like too much, okay?
0: I'm this I'm the same way, but like I didn't think it was that cringy just cuz I I think it helps that they aren't dressed they're actually using adults instead of like younger people yeah. because you know it's all fake like yeah it yeah it yeah, yeah faker so it's not as crazy. but i would recommend that show okay so i'll report back yeah. next week guys after i watch an episode <laughs> perfect um but this is so much fun this i can't so fun. I, we've gotten through like a lot of the series Wait, of, how many we got through a lot of season one 20 i think there's 22 22 okay oh my god we're getting we're We're getting closer. closer. Yeah, but this is so much fun, Veda. This is so
1: much fun. And have a good rest of your week. And yeah, we'll talk to you all next week. Have a good Talk to you next
0: week. Remember to like and subscribe and leave a review when you can. Follow us on Instagram as well. Um, But we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.